Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. We've been doing a series on the book of James. Uh, James is one of the books in the Bible. And when we talk about the Bible, uh, we're not just talking about a book like a novel, you know, like it's not like Harry Potter or it's not like, you know, Lord of the Rings or... I don't know, another book that you want to call. It's not like chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3. With It's different. The Bible, okay, when you talk about the Bible, is a book compiled of around 44 different authors, okay? 44 different authors. Genesis, which is the first book after the book of contents. <laughs> okay, you're going to get my jokes. After a while, you'll get used to them. Very dry, stupid jokes, but, you know, I'm just saying, in all efforts to make you laugh. But the book of Genesis, we don't even know exactly when that was written. It was written so long ago, they can't actually mark the date. They can't say, oh, it was this. It was like, it's so old and it talks about the beginning of the world. The thing about, like, if you read right through from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, all these different authors, all these different writers, they're all talking about the same God who did the same stuff. That's the crazy thing about Scripture. It's time and time again, this same God whom they sometimes didn't even know what to call Him. They didn't even know how to, they just called Him this living God. It's like He's alive, you know. He's present. He's doing things right now. He's not just an image. He's not just something that we kind of, uh, some sort of tradition that we're brought up in. But it's this, it's this, well, it's this thing that's alive, this God. And He kept on showing up throughout history, okay, until we have... The, what we call the New Testament. So you have in the Bible the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, just in case you don't know this, I know a lot of you are like, why is he talking about this? You know, I already know all this stuff. It's okay. Uh, you may not know everything and it's okay. So the Old Testament was where there was before Jesus and the New Testament was after Jesus. You got it. You guys are you're learning fast. Okay, you got it. You got it. So, so I'm talking out of the New Testament, book of James. Book of James was written to a uh, to a church. That's what it was written to. That's what it was. It was a uh, it was a church in Jerusalem, of all places. It was a church in Jerusalem. So it was a lot of people who were from the Jewish tradition, who were um, like Jewish by culture, had become believers in Christ. Didn't lose their culture as a result of becoming um, these believers in Christ. Let me tell you something about Jesus. He is not about uh, changing people's cultures. He is about letting them know that He loves them and that He wants to help them. He wants to show them who He is and, and change them and actually bring about their purpose and their, the, the thing that He created them for. And let me tell you something, like in the book of Revelation, which is the last book in the Bible, you know what it says? It says that, that John, he, he went there and he saw it, the writer of Revelation, he says, and I saw, every, uh, I saw people from every tribe and every nation before God worshipping because they'd suddenly come to a realization religion ain't about culture anyone who wants to make religion about culture is in a cultural identity has a political agenda let me tell you that jesus isn't about a political agenda all he is about he is just about one thing loving you and showing you your purpose what you were born for that's what he's about that's what he's about that's why we're here that's why we do church so anyway i'm getting totally off track but we're talking about the book of james all right? It's all right. You can understand what's going on in a minute. Let me read to you this. Basically, this book of James, written to this church, was a book that was like, basically, now that we believe in Jesus, 
Like, what should we do? That's kind of like the question that's been answered here. And uh, James begins to answer that question. But we have to keep in mind with these people is they were in a trial. They were in a struggle. They were in a time that was difficult. Anybody here got struggles? Anybody got trials here? Anybody got some stuff going on there in, in their lives where they're like, man, if God doesn't come through, I'm gonna, I'm, I need God to come through, right? So he's writing that to people who are in trial. The reason they're in trial is because their nation was actually oppressing them, the Roman nation. And uh, because they believed in Jesus, their, their own culture kind of turned their back on them and they couldn't get jobs and they were having trouble with their businesses and all of that sort of stuff. It was difficult. It was a difficult time for them. So, so what James is giving them is, is like this truth that they need at that present time. He's giving them what they need for then. Who knows that in the midst of a trial, you don't need someone so much to just come and comfort you. You need results, right? Yeah? I mean, comfort's nice, but it ain't going to get you results, really. We need results. So what James is doing, he's just giving them straight truth for results. That's what James is about. And his personality, I'll just warn you, he's a little bit like of a straight shooter. Who likes straight shooters? He's like, he's just not just going to, he's not going to sort of, you know, make it all nice for you. He's just like, do this, bang, and do that, bang, and do that, bang. And it's like, whoa, okay, this James is a little full on. But in a crisis, that's what you need, right? You don't, you don't see some policeman in the middle of a crisis just say, oh, you know, is everyone all right? It's like, get down to business. Let's do this. You don't see a fireman say, oh, is everyone all right? There's a fire. Yeah, there's a fire. Get the fire. Put the fire out, Mr. Fireman. Okay, James is a bit like that, right? He just goes straight to the point and gets down to business. So he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, in um, chapter 1, verse 22. Sorry, I'm going from verse 22. He says this, don't merely listen to the word, that's scripture, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed in what they do. Who wants to be blessed in what you do? In the midst of a trial, one thing that would help is a blessing from God Himself. Amen. Right? So he want, he's talking about a blessing. He's talking about something that God is trying to get to them. But let's break down what he's saying here. You see, he talks about a person who looks in a mirror and then forgets, after looking in the mirror, what he looks like. That's what he's talking about. Can you imagine what kind of silly person this would be? It's kind of like an idiot. You know, like, and <laughs> you know what idiot means? Just beside the point. Idiot means a person with an oversized head. <laughs> if you look it up in the dictionary, trust me, idiot. So this person with an oversized head is looking in the mirror and then turning away and going, what, what, what was it? What do I look like again? Oh, I forgot. Just looking in the mirror. <laughs> That's what I look like again. That's a mad person. So James, the writer, this author, writing to these, to these Jewish Christians, he was saying, you know, someone who looks in the Bible, looks in Scripture, and looks at it, and then goes away and doesn't do anything about it, doesn't think about the implications, is like that person with a big head that looks in the mirror and looks away and forgets about 
how they look. Who likes mirrors? Just a silly question. You know, as you get older, especially as a man, men, you hear me, right? As a man, I don't like mirrors so much anymore. I used to like them when I was young, you know. I'm still not that old. Yeah, Rachel still thinks I'm young. I've got her fooled, praise the Lord. I'm 42, you know. I'm not that young. I'm not that old. I'm still sort of like... But I'm definitely on that cart that's like, you're going fast down that lane, okay? All right, there's no denying it now, okay? It's like, uh, there's no stopping it. Now, here's the thing about mirrors as you get older. Anyone that's not 40 yet, uh, you got this to look forward to. Is uh, What happens is if you forget, like you just, oh, I just can't be, I'm just getting ready, just do my thing and get out of here. But what happens is, um, well, your hair gets lost. So instead of growing on your head, it starts to grow out of your ear. So you're all of a sudden it's like, why, why have I got this thing growing out? And it's not, like, it's not like subtle, okay? It's not just a nice little soft little hair. It's like, where did that come from? It's like, did that grow out of like, starting to look like Andre the Giant? Like, what's going on? Okay, <laughs> you know, and maybe I should just let all of that just grow, you know? I can just have a bushy head. And it's like, no, I better not, I better cut it off and snip, snip, you know, and then, then like you forget to look in the mirror, it's like you're on your way to a dinner and you're going out and there's a big party and there's going to be, everyone's going to be there and all the who's who and all, and, and it's like you've put on your best shirt, your pe- best pants and uh, your nice shoes and whatever and you're in the lift, you're going up the lift in the big hotel and it's just you and your, your lovely, beautiful wife whom you love and you're standing there looking at each other's eyes, you know. And she's looking in your eyes and then her eyes sort of look up and she says, oh, your eyebrows, there's one, uh, there's one. Can, we, can, I just, can I just pull on it? Can I just pull it up? Because I forgot to look in the mirror. I forgot to see it. You all got this to look forward to when you get old. Some of you are wondering what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about this because it's like this with the Bible. It would be silly of me to go to the mirror and go, oh, that'll be all right. You know, that'll be all right. I'll just leave it. After a while, I'm going to have really bushy eyebrows. My ears aren't going to look good. And I'd look like that guy who's just a fool, who's just forgetting what he looks like when he looks in the Bible. And that's what happens sometimes with faith and religion and these sorts of texts. As we look into them, we go, oh, that's interesting. And then it's kind of just like, anyway, on I go. Sometimes I guess we, we kind of treat the Bible like we treat social media. or Like we see those, you know, put, people put up nice inspirational quotes. And I like those inspirational quotes on social media um, to some degree. But we kind of just scroll up, you know. Just, oh yeah, that's cool, scroll up. We don't think about what it's actually saying. And what James is saying is he's saying a person who does that with Scripture is a little silly. They're not actually understanding what's going on here. He takes it really seriously. He takes it to the point where it's life and death. He takes it to a point where if you don't understand what this book is saying, then you're in trouble. There's going to be a point where you're going to stand before God and He's going to say, did you read the letter I wrote to you? Oh, what letter? Well, they call it the Bible. Did you read it? Oh, 
Uh, did I have to? Was that required reading? Well, that's why I wrote it. James is serious about this because he wants people to know that the Bible is something that needs to be looked into intently. He says this in verse 25, he says, But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they are the ones that are going to be blessed. The one who looks into it and actually starts to go, Whoa, if that, if, 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 if this Jesus said that, then that means, well, that means I might need to think differently and do some things differently and begin to actually look into to find out whether or not this is true. See, a lot of people spend more time planning their next, you know, getaway, their next holiday than they actually do to look into what they believe or what they've been brought up to believe. I spend more time trying to find an Airbnb and I oh, just the Airbnb. It's like, what do I choose, right? Have you ever, ever anyone ever spent, come on, admit it. You spent way too much time trying to find a stupid place on Airbnb and then forgotten about it. And am I the only one? And it's like, you're just looking through it, looking through it, looking through it. And then it's like, oh, forget it. Can't be bothered. Just go to a hotel, right? We spend more time doing these sorts of things than actually looking into the belief systems and the structures that we have, that we actually live our lives to. But James is saying, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Take it seriously. Look into it. And then he says this, whoever looks intently into the perfect law, verse 25, into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it. Now, let's just talk about this perfect law because what, what is he talking about, perfect law? What's he talking about, perfect law? What's the perfect law? Well, he's talking about Scripture. Now, here's the thing about the Bible. You could go away if you've never heard anything, never been in an environment like this, never heard Scripture being taught, and go, well, Ryan, Pastor Ryan, he talked in the, out of the book of James. But if you don't take the rest of that and look at the whole Bible, if you don't, if you don't actually go and have a look at the whole Bible, but see, you have to understand that the, the, the Bible exists now as one thing. And it says something. And as you look into the perfect law, you're going to find something about the law. Here's what... The thing about the law, let's just talk about the law. Okay, let's talk about some of the laws in the Bible, right? Some of the laws in the Bible. Who knows one of the laws in the Bible? You can shout it out. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. And what's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. Wow. Hey, wow. Come on, give these guys. Come on, come on now. All right, let's take that one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Um, and love your neighbor as yourself. Let's talk about that love your neighbor as yourself. Let's be honest here. Really honest. Okay, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest first. You ready for my honesty? There has been moments in my life, once or twice, <laughs> where I've had neighbors that I don't love as myself. There has been moments in my life there has been neighbors in my world whom I have not loved as myself. Has there been moments in your life where there's been someone in your world who's a neighbor? Anybody. It's not literally a neighbor, okay? It's not like uh, it's, he's talking, it's a, it's a metaphor, right? Has there been people in your world that you just actually just hate? And you've acted it out, like you've just made sure they know that, they, that you hate them, right? You know what I'm talking about. 
you haven't loved them as you are. Okay, we've got a few hands. Can I get a witness? All right, I've got a few witnesses here. Now, now here's the problem with that. It's kind of funny, but when we actually begin to think about it, and I, when I think about this for myself, I realize something. I've broken the law. I've broken the law. Now, this is a problem for me. It's a problem for you. Because one day, we're going to stand before God, and we're going to have to give an account for all that we did and all of the laws that we've broken. If we have broken but one of them, we are disqualified from entering in to heaven. Did you know that? We are disqualified. We're out. So, so as far as I'm concerned, maybe there is a perfect person here who has never broken any of God's laws. If you would, please let me know who you are so I can learn from you because it would be amazing how you did it. But I can tell you something, not one of us would be able to put up our hands because we've all done something somewhere. We've all broken the law somewhere, right? But this perfect law, the perfect law is the complete law. It's the law that has been fulfilled. What you've got to understand something about Jesus and what Jesus did is Jesus, when He died upon that cross, and we did communion, right? When Jesus died upon that cross, what He did is He took upon Himself the result of our sin. The result of us breaking His law. That's what He did. That's why He died. That's actually why He came in the flesh. You know why Jesus came in the flesh? It wasn't just to come and say, you know, what's up, I'm Jesus, I'm here in the flesh, you know, I'm here, I'm really here. It was partly that, but it was actually so that He could be in the flesh because His flesh needed to take upon it the, the, the punishment, the wrath of God that we deserve so that we could have freedom. That's what He came and died for. So when we took communion just now and, and we remember something, we say, this is, this is, this is uh, Jesus' body broken for my sin. And this is His blood poured out as an agreement saying, my blood was poured out means that if you believe in me, it is written in blood, in Jesus' blood, that you shall have eternal life in Him because the sacrifice was made by Jesus. Now, I want you to get this. This is what this means. When we begin to look into this and look into Scripture and look into the meaning of where the law should take us, you've got to understand something. The law takes you somewhere. If you begin to follow the law, okay, so the Ten Commandments, it's going to take you to a place. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Where's that taking you? It's, taken, it's brought you to a place where you need to make a choice. And you'll make one of, without God, without understanding the gospel, without understanding what Jesus has done on the cross, it's going to take you to one of two places. It's either going to take you to a place where you're like, Okay, love my neighbor as myself. All right, everyone I meet, I am going to love them as I love myself. I really love myself, so that means, man, I wish I loved myself less. And anyway, I'm going to love them a lot. And we begin to try to love everyone as we love ourselves. You know, it's like, oh, I, and we tell them sometimes, you know, I love you. And they're like, oh, God, I'm freaked out. Not, not, not until we know each other better. Okay. <laughs> just being silly but we we, we 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 really try we make this resolution who knows that 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 no matter how many resolutions you make at some point it's going to kind of fall apart and if it doesn't fall apart what it's going to do is going to it's going to it's not going to make you rely on god but it's going to make you rely on you and you're going to be like oh you know look at me i can i love each other as myself you know i'm very good at this uh, whole 
holiness. I'm very holy, you know. Oh, look at the rest of those people. They can't love people like I love people, you know, God. And we get this righteousness that comes from us. It's called self-righteousness. That's, that, that, there's a word for this that we, we have in, in, in these circles. It's called legalism. Legalism. It, it, you know, if we're not careful, the law can lead you to this place where it's like, okay, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, and I've got to do this, and then, then, then I'll be blessed. Then I'll have God's favor. And, and you can, uh, let me tell you something, there are whole religions, if you haven't noticed, that are, that, that are built around legalism. It's very easy to give people a list of things to do. I could give you a list of things to do tonight that make you feel powerful and that you can maybe go and try and you'll come back next week and say, give me some more things to do because I felt good doing those things because it gave me a sense of control. You know, that's what religion is. Jesus didn't come, didn't come to, to perpetrate any religion. He came to actually, he came to set you free from it. From the thought that you have control over your destiny because you can do 10 things to make up for your sin. No, you, you can't. Sorry. It doesn't work like that. It's all going to be accounted against you. So, so it will lead you to that side. Or the other side is this. It, that's the legalism side. Or the other side it brings you to is, 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 uh, is, is called, you ready for a big word? Licentiousness. <laughs> 10 points if you can say it. Licentiousness. It kind of feels nice because you have to go, licentiousness. Okay. <laughs> licentiousness. What licentiousness is, is or when you're a person who's licentious, is a person who's giving themselves a license because they kind of go, you know what? Oh, this, 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 this loving, loving pe- my neighbor is myself. Oh, oh, you know, I don't know. I can't do it. I try to do it sometimes, but, you know, there are some people, you know, I just, <laughs> I don't know what God's talking about. There are some people I just, well, frankly, I hate them. You know, and we give ourselves a license. See, the law will bring you to these two places. But in between this, these two places is the cross. We, we can't, if the law, the perfect law that James is talking about, if it takes us to legalism, we've gotten off track. If it takes us to license, we've gotten off track. Where it's meant to bring us is squarely in the middle, Christ. What He's done for us. His forgiveness. His freedom. His payment for our sins. And you've got to understand this. When we begin to get this, we begin to rely on Him for our righteousness rather than rely on ourselves. And when you begin to rely on Jesus for your righteousness rather than actually try to be a better person, you're going to find that you become a better person as a result of who you're hanging around with. I said, you're going you're gonna to find that you're, you're becoming a better person because of whom you are hanging around with. Because this whole thing is not about anything but relationship. Jesus knows that if He can get on into your world, that He can begin to influence you. He can begin to change you. He can begin to heal you. He can begin to, to, to give you freedom. He can begin to speak into your life. And He does it through the Word. He does it through His Spirit. He's there. He's there. He's there for you and I so that we can know freedom and know what it is. So that's what James is talking about when he says, look intently into this perfect law that gives freedom. Licentiousness does not give freedom. You give yourself license to do whatever you want. At some point, you're going to realize 
you have given yourself some license into areas of your world that are destructive and are hurting you. That's what happens when you give yourself a license. You know, like the boundaries God has put there, when He said, like when, with Adam and Eve, He said, don't eat of that tree because he, he loved them. He didn't want them to eat because He knew that everything would change if they ate of that one tree. It's the same of all of the laws in the Bible right now. They're all boundaries. You know, with my kids, you know what, my kids, when we, when we, well, I still do it a bit with Willow, but I know with both my kids, when they were like little because I love them, I put boundaries around them. Because I love them, I, I, when we were standing uh, on the side of the road, it's like, I got this hand, I got this hand. You ain't going nowhere. Oh, Daddy, look at what's happening. We're in India right now, and there's those red buses, those mad people in red buses. <laughs> and you don't watch them, they're just going to run over you. You know those guys get three people a year that they can kill without getting in trouble? You know that? <laughs> Sorry, bless them. Save them, Lord, in Jesus' name. It's just madness, okay? So that's why they're like, oh, I'm just going to kill you. It's like, yeah. Well, no, you're not going to kill my kids, right? And I put a boundary there because I love them. I love them, right? It's what God does for you and I. That's why there's a law. If He didn't love us, He wouldn't put any boundaries around us. He'd be like, oh, do whatever you want. Go and run in front of that bus. It's all good. Just go and do it. I don't care. No, He cares. He cares. But those boundaries need to lead us to Him. If they don't, if they don't, they lead to destruction. They lead to that place where we get before God one day and we go and give our account to Him. He said, but, but did you know me? And I, I don't know you because you never approached Him. So, so what begins to happen when we look intently into this, this faith, into this, into this law that gives freedom? We begin to change. And this is what James is talking about. So he starts to talk about some of the things that begin to happen as a result. So if you were to read chapter 2, you'll realize that there's a, lot, there's a few things that James talks about. Okay? He, talks about um, he talks about favoritism. Um, he's saying don't, don't favor rich people over poor people, just everyone's the same. And then he talks about anger. He talks about how, keeping a tight rein on your tongue. These are all the things that are going to start to happen, like controlling your tongue, right? But they're all things that are to do with our, our relationships with one another, actually. That's, so, so, you know, one of the things that begins to happen as Christ comes into your world, you actually, um, I, it's amazing, you get along with people better. It's like because you become a better person. It's not because they change, it's because you, it's because you change. Jesus changes you. And this is what James is saying. So he's like saying... To these guys, so, so I think some of them in this church had made Scripture a little bit trivial and he could see that it wasn't changing them. So he needed to talk about anger. He needed to talk about this keeping control of your tongue. He needed to talk about the favoritism of, that was going on within their, within their kind of community. And let me read this to you and then I'll, I'll, I'll come to the point of what I'm trying to say. He says this, My dear brothers and sisters, it's um, chapter 1, verse 19. I'm going to read through to 21. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce, everybody say produce, produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Now, I want you to hear this. He starts talking about the Word of God, Scripture, like a seed. 
that it gets planted in you. It's something that comes... When we invite Jesus into our lives, when we begin to believe in Him, when we say, okay, I'm following Jesus, He plants something in us that begins to grow. It's a natural progression. It's something that just happens slowly. Now, who knows that trees take a little while to grow? Ever grown a tree before? Okay. They take ages. You know, a bit boring. I mean, you have to watch a, net- a lot of Netflix in between, right? <laughs> Not very entertaining to watch a tree grow. And, and some of us, we, we come to God and we want results right now. We want things to happen right now. Listen to me. When we get the Word of God, what happens is, first thing that happens is there's a seed that gets planted in your life. And you go, oh man, something's different. I'm seeing the world different now. It's because something has popped in. And it's beginning to change you. It's beginning to put roots down. It's beginning to, trees change the environment that, they, that they're in, right? So, so in this time when we begin to walk with Jesus, there's going to be things like, for these people, it was anger. Obviously, they had a problem with anger. So James was like, no, no, don't go there. Instead of that, humbly accept the seed that's been planted in you. And what what you've got to understand is he's saying, you know what, You've, you've got to understand something about how the rhythms of church life and being a believer is, okay? The Word of God, the reason, you know, the reason we meet every Sunday, we meet here every Sunday, we're going to be here next week, next Sunday morning, next Sunday night, we're going to be talking about Scripture, is because we're just planting seeds. We're planting seeds. Tonight I'm planting a seed of faith in your heart that you can rely on Him. We're just planting seeds. The whole rhythm of how God works, if you look at um, uh, uh, the farmer, a farmer will... will you know, you could say, oh, you know, that farmer got lucky. Farmers don't get lucky, okay? They work within the rhythms and cycles that God has put in place. They work within the order that God's put in place. There's an order, right? So um, if you put a, uh, a seed in the ground uh, too late, so if you put a seed in the ground in summer, okay, and you need it to bear a crop for you, uh, you know, next summer, it's not going to work out. But if you put a seed in the ground just before the monsoon, so that thing just gets pelted with rain, like rain, 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 and rain, and rain, and rain, and rain, that by, by the time it starts to dry out, that seed's going to have to, it's going to have sprouted because it's had the nutrients it needs, right? Seed time and harvest. You've got to understand something about how God works, okay? You've got you to hear this. You've got to hear this. This is, why, this is why we're here. This is why we do what we do. The Word of God is a seed that goes into your life and begins to grow. And there will be a harvest. And the harvest is what we call a blessing. See, a lot of people, they don't understand this. They come and treat things like this. They kind of, oh, you know, oh, that's nice. I like what they got to say. I like what they... They don't understand that this is all seeds that could change everything if they let them grow. But then they see others who have the harvest. And say, how come they're so blessed and I'm not? How come they're able to walk through that trial and not get touched and not get hurt and not... And how come they're still smiling? Or how come this has happened for them and it's not happened for me? I'll tell you something. It's because they haven't understand how God works. The reason we come every Sunday, the reason we, we do this is because we're getting seeds planted and planted and planted 
and planted and planted. And when you're planting lots of seeds of the Word of God in our lives, in your life, when you're reading your Bible every morning, getting in the devotions, you're okay, I'm reading it, I'm understanding, I'm getting in it, you're planting, you're planting. And who knows that if you keep planting, there's going to come a time where you reap a great harvest. This is what James is saying. No, 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 don't go to anger. Just start sowing some seeds. Go to the Word of God. Go to the Lord. Look into it. Look into it. Look where you need to change. Look where you are falling short of the glory of God, where you are falling short of the things of God, where you need to, where you need to actually come to the Lord and repent. Come to Him and say, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry for the stuff I'm doing. It's not of you. I know I'm not choosing you right now. I know I'm not choosing what your Bible is telling me to do. I'm choosing my own way. Come to Him. Let it change you. Let it change you. Let it make a difference for you. And what you begin to find is you begin to reap a harvest of righteousness. You begin to find that your life is different. A lot of people want the harvest of righteousness. Who wants to be righteous? I'll ask you something. What are you sowing? In other parts of the, script, uh, other, other parts of, of the Bible, it says that, that he who sows in the flesh will reap of the flesh, and he who sows of the Spirit shall reap of the Spirit. It's a natural progression. It's just going to happen. So if you're continuing to choose things that aren't of the Lord, and you're going in a different direction, it's time to just come to cross. Come to that perfect law that leads to freedom. The perfect law that leads to freedom is the perfect law of Jesus, fulfilling all that needed to be fulfilled so that we could come to the Lord forgiven and made whole. Amen? Freedom is found in faith. Freedom is found in faith. Freedom is found in relying on God. Freedom is found when we begin to let go of everything that we're holding on to that's not God and put God central and say, God, I'm just, I'm just following you. Jesus, I'm just, uh, you are the center. You are it. You are the... You are everything. I'm just holding on to you. Your scripture, I'm going to look into it. I'm going to begin to read my Bible. I'm going to get to know what is going on in there because I need to. I'm going to get around someone at church and I'm going to start to ask them, hey, can you help me to read the Bible? I'm going to go to Connect River. I'm going to come every Sunday. You know, you start planting these seeds. And just like James said, where he said that they will be blessed in what they do, you'll find that there will be blessing in what you do. Because you've actually got it. You've actually understood how God operates. He, it's not like he's, he's, you know, he's shut the door for you, know, for, for you and opened it for everyone else. No, this door is open for anyone to walk through. It's open for anyone to walk through. You can walk through it tonight. You can actually begin to sow your first seed. Maybe you've never sowed a seed of righteousness. Maybe you've never sowed a seed of, in the Spirit. Maybe you've been going from thing to thing, trying to work it out, trying to get to where you need to go, trying to do what you need to do, trying to manage your pain, trying to manage the stuff that you're going through, and you've never stopped to go, maybe the answer is right here in this book, which we call the Bible. It's not a quick fix. It is the fix. <laughs> It's the thing that changes everything. And this is what James is telling these people as they were going through this trial. As they were going through this tribulation, he's saying the answer is, so in the Spirit. 
look into the Word of God and begin to understand what faith is because faith will, begin, will bring you to a place of freedom. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.